Welcome to Married to Who, a podcast where a couple of couples watch Doctor Who for the very first time. My name's Jake. With me are said couples, Cody, Sam, Jill, and Alex, and producer Terry. This week we're here to talk about The Return of Dr. Mysterio, dun, written dun, by dun. Stephen Moffat, directed by Ed Basil Getty, aired December 25th, 2016. Guys, we just started this year and we're already done with it. Easy. Easy, easy clap. Sam, what'd you think of this one? Um, it had fun parts. It was super rumpy. Not really my favorite. Yeah, Worth a watch. Finally, finally on the romp hate train. That's my that's my <laughs> wife right there. Terry. I enjoyed this story. I, I thought it was really fun watching a superhero flustered and like seeing him like grow up like seeing the weird awkward stages of his life um he reminded me a lot of the guy from kingsman um taron edgerton oh shit yeah 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 like i kept picturing him as him uh but like yeah the bad guys like that's really easy cosplay right there (laughs) he reminded me a lot of the guy from shameless because he's the guy from shameless oh yeah Wait. Jill's currently watching Shameless. <laughs> Wait. Which guy? Which guy? The superhero. The guy? <laughs> that's right. There's like one guy. <laughs> the guy that's Frank? not the doctor. Uh, Justin Chatwin. No, he's not Frank. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, uh, he's Jimmy slash Jack from the very, like, first season and on wait that's the uk one yeah oh i'm watching the u.s one same but i've seen pictures no he's 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 the guy in the u.s one. Oh, really steve yeah steve jimmy jack he's all three of those names jack i haven't seen jack yet oh sorry you're not wait, that far spoilers <laughs> spoilers sorry i've just read the oh, imdb okay yeah 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 kind of sort of remember now got it yeah first episode he bangs her in the kitchen it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> Second episode, he bangs her in the kitchen. Twentieth <laughs> episode, bangs her in the kitchen. Kitchen. <laughs> Joe, what'd you think? It was cute. That's all I can come up with. Like it's a fun story. I agree. It wasn't the most exciting, but I don't know. It was a good Christmassy, feel good. The good guy wins thing. Alex. I about a quarter of the way into this, I realize I've never seen this episode before. I must have missed it when they took their break, and then when they started, I just never went back and watched it. But uh, it was the most Anne Doctor Who episode I've ever seen. <laughs> Where were you Christmas 2016? We had to have been together. I don't remember what, like, I don't remember watching this. 
Unless it was just one of the, like, unless it was such a throwaway episode to me that I just didn't even register we watched it. I don't think you would do that. You never have. Was he sleeping? <laughs> that very well could yeah, be. Yeah, maybe. Like, I mean, just, what, they, it airs at 8 p.m. here on Christmas Eve after a huge meal? Didn't bother waking Christmas him day. up, probably. Or Christmas Day. I guess we don't always spend Christmas Day together. True. Cody, give me what I want. Well, Jake, you see, this as a Doctor Who episode was terrible, but <laughs> as an episode was a fantastic ride through the ups and downs, hilarious through and through, and it's the classic superhero trope that really gets my goat. What's that? Uh, uh, what? <laughs> what, what trope that trope? gets your goat? <laughs> Just to having a superhero trope. It does have the trope of the superhero living with or working for or being friends with the girl that he loves, but she doesn't know that it's him, but she loves the superhero. That's in Moffat expressly said that he just copied Superman the movie because he likes that movie. And so he's just like, oh, I just want to do that because it's fun. But they do it in Batman Forever and I'm sure a hundred other like lesser known superheroes. Yeah, it was great. It just felt like filler the whole time, which is fine. It was a great special. Terrible Doctor Who episode. I agree with half of what you said. <laughs> <laughs> but which half? Listen to the end to find out. I okay. purposely yeah. saved Cody for last because I wanted him to say it was shit. Well, joke's on you, Jake. You're last. Hey, Jake. Oh, it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about on Jake's page. Goddamn, I tried to be man. nice. I, what, what's wrong? There's stuff I like, but it's all of the stuff with the Doctor and Nardole in it, which is about 20% of the episode. Yeah. This wasn't, uh, like, think... really Doctor Who. <laughs> right. And, you know, the superhero story is fun, but, like, that dude from Shameless, his superhero voice is bad, <laughs> which is fine. Like, he's doing a thing, and it's supposed to be for fun. I but like him. The oh. story... The girl is bad. The girl is so... Okay. <laughs> I feel bad. You can cut this out. She's so bad. I hate everything about <laughs> Why her. Why would I cut that out? <laughs> it's so bad. I, because I, I don't want to be mean to people, and I'm sure she's a wonderful person, but I hate it. Many no, I times. looked her up. She constantly, like, <laughs> murders puppies. What? <laughs> oh, yikes. No, she oh. doesn't. So... No, but she is British, uh, which is very easy to tell because her American I, accent is terrible. I feel like she ruined the episode. So to go with how bad she was, I couldn't tell if she was like doing it in such a way where it's almost parody. Like I was thinking the whole time, well, like this whole superhero thing is just parody. That's the whole joke of this whole, episode. Right. And the whole I, episode is parody. Yeah. And that's kind of where I can forgive some of the stuff that the dude is doing. But and yeah. I don't think it's this lady's fault. Like I do believe she's told to do all this, but it's bad. Is it meant to be okay, so there's a couple times you're talking about his superhero voice where he keeps his superhero voice when he's talking yes. to her. Is that on purpose <laughs> or not? Yes. That had to be. It's like been. when he's doing superhero stuff, but we all know that it's him now, he's still doing the superhero <laughs> voice. I know, and I'm like, the voice, lady, come on. Because that's that's the whole joke in the beginning when the doctor was like, look, you put glasses on Superman and it's it's Clark Kent. You could see it. And he's just like, yeah, everyone knows that. So then that's the joke with the voice, right? Right. But there's just enough weird slip ups like that where it's 
hard to tell if it's on purpose or right. by accident. I feel like if you're going full like parody, just dive into it. Don't give us this like half-assed version of it. Hmm. So I yeah. liked having the the head guys back with their guns hiding in their head this time. That was pretty stupid. crafty. I, I laughed I, out why? loud. Why are they here? Twice. What is, why? They're, they're disgusting. It's so gross. Yeah, why did they come back for this episode? And I hate and the fix unrelated. of, hey, and yeah. unit's coming to get you, so too bad. Ha ha ha. That was stupid. So where does the alien brain live if not in the head? Like, does he just live in the chest cavity then? I sure. don't know. Because the head, the head has stuff in it. It's not completely hollow. Also, so it doesn't it, have to be like a human brain. Yeah, it could be in his stomach, like Crane. Well, it's but definitely the not a human travel brain. travel up to the eye sockets. Like, they, that confuses me. Oh, yeah, because that one guy's head was empty. That's another thing. Yeah. Is the brains get away at the end? <laughs> this never comes back. <laughs> like, this is it. <laughs> Yet, yet, Jake. Right, Chibno might bring it back someday. Man. Also, the really bad joke of "We're here to open your minds." Oh my God, the doctor was just great. The puns, it was so. That was much. that was made by the black guy when he was on stage. Oh, I don't the know doctor did that joke later too when he had the gun open on him. He had a great American accent, and he's from Nigeria. I don't know. I just just on his IMDb, it just says born in Nigeria. What he might have was the accent. He might have <laughs> of the the other guy. Oh, he's German. That was great. And he he didn't even bother. He just kept his German accent. No <laughs> I liked listening to him. He was a fun he's talker. Creepy scientist dude. Might as well be German. Yeah, I like <laughs> that. I really like the uh, doctor bit on the security film <laughs> when he like turns to the camera like boo. It's like I'm right here. <laughs> just, <laughs> that part was great. Yeah, I and I yeah, I love him just sitting there eating sushi and being like, "Don't worry, I'm trespassing too." Yeah, I did like that part too. <laughs> All those scenes, I brought snacks. Uh, mark of a professional. <laughs> <laughs> but my first note is: Is that the crunchiest cookie in the world? <laughs> I thought the same thing. Dear Lord. <laughs> What was the device that he had on the roof earlier in the episode? Like a trap, kid. It was a trap because no, he tested it, it out. He had a trap oh. to protect that thing. Okay, fair. When the kid is sneezing, and oh, hold on, says... I looked up the answer to the thing that okay. Terry asked. <laughs> okay, it's a time distortion equalizer thingy. Anyone guess what he was doing with it? Equalizing time. <laughs> Trying to bring Clara back. Close, but no. River back. What do we know? What do we know oh, about time river. distortions in New York? Uh, oh, is wait. Angels. Yeah. Oh. So there's certain certain areas or times of New York you can't travel to because of crazy time distortions caused by the angels. What I'm saying is he was trying to get back to the ponds, and this little boy ate that thing. <laughs> That made it impossible. <laughs> you cut that boy open and get that thing out of there. Just get the pods back. Just shove the whole boy in the machine. <laughs> so did it actually never pass? Like he never got the rock back? It just stayed inside? Yeah, because yeah. in the, the puberty high school thing, it said he, it bonded with him. Oh, okay. Yeah, and okay, his chest so glows when he's holding the baby for the first time. 
for the doctor being so awkward, he had like the most mature talk with that kid mm -hmm. in the high school. Yeah, the doctor's always good with kids. That's part of oh, the point. Yeah. He speaks That's... baby. Also, that kid was the worst actor in the history of acting. <laughs> he just had to look at the floor. <laughs> which one? You know which one. <laughs> well, both those kids, the younger, younger one and the teenage one, this is their only acting credit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's far. somebody's kid. Somebody won the Doctor Who sweepstakes and their kid got to play Kid A. <laughs> <laughs> but only if you're a boy. Seriously, I have so, nothing else on this episode. When the kid is like coughing and he says, I always get a cold on Christmas. The doctor says, me too. What an invasion. What a throwback line, like Christmas invasion. Yeah, he says, me too, or an invasion. Like he gets Sam's a cold or an invasion. Oh, I thought he meant like, what an invasion, like an invasion of his sinuses. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's literally saying the thing you think they were subtly referencing. He was being <laughs> very blunt about it. <laughs> cool. <laughs> that was the only line that I wrote down as well. Uh, there were a couple of like mentions of the 24 years. So this is like immediately following him and Rivers last night together. Yeah. Um, which is kind of heartbreaking. And like Nardal's one line when they're crashing in the ship, he's like, why don't you just write her a letter or something like that <laughs> verbatim? And that was so sad. Like, ah, that was, yeah. The, the oh. ending kind of got pretty sad. Also the fact that, yeah, Grant has known Lucy for 24 years. I was like, okay. <laughs> Let's just shove all these things in here just because. I do like the doctor talking to Grant on the fire escape. And he's like, oh, so you decided to swoop in, move into her house, take care of her baby <laughs> so that she can meet another one of your friends and yeah. have his baby. <laughs> It's like, and then he says, thank you, you to the sky. And says, finally, there's someone who's worse at this than me. <laughs> yes, you, Tiger, was probably the best spoken line <laughs> in this episode. Oh, so good. How many boner jokes were there? Did oh, anyone count? Oh, you just named my, the only other note I wrote was <laughs> boner jokes. I hope that's in Doctor Who Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> in Doctor no, Mysterio. ours ends at the 50th anniversary. It doesn't okay. make it all the way to... We can make our own. I'll, I'll buy the new one. I'm doing it right now. But really, Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> there were at least five boner references. Well, yeah. Repeatedly. What? Uh, it's I a boy growing up. Yeah, but the poor nerdy Every guy is Every time the boy floated from teenage years on, he was, that's a boner joke. That happened more than once? And at like the at end. Like at the end where they floated away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they kept saying like elevated. Their term for it was elevated. Disgusting. <laughs> Jill does not approve. <laughs> Just thought it was un the amount of times was un a teenager. Whatever. End of the episode. Got it. But every other time was unnecessary. <laughs> Did anybody else just legitimately laugh at that cold open? The world's longest oh, cold open. When you he's mean? swinging back and forth. Yeah, it was oh, fucking that was hilarious. Good. Yeah, that was pretty good. Mm -hmm. I also really liked the uh, the velvet purple jacket that he was sporting. That was pretty sick. Yeah. So I already didn't like the girl 
And then she also has to have this stupid thing called Mr. Huffle. <laughs> oh, sorry. I did have a third note, and it was Mr. Huffle is terrible. It's so bad. <laughs> is that an interrogation tactic? What was that? That was garbage. That was pure, right. unadulterated garbage. She yeah. says, Mr. Huffle feels pain. Every time you lie to me, I'm going to hurt him. <laughs> like, oh. what the fuck is this? <laughs> that really show. was the worst thing. This is what he's falling in love with, is this weird girl. Yeah, He's yeah, already fallen in love with her. This sadomasochist. Uh, Jill, I, I just looked it up, but you said the world's longest cold open. It is the longest cold open in <laughs> Doctor Who history at nine minutes. Oh, Yeah, Jill and I were insane. watching it together, and when credits, like the intro credits rolled, we're like, holy shit, that was all opener. And then Alex typed out a note long cold open and i'm like yep. really you need that note specifically see here we are talking about i it. didn't even read that note because <laughs> i like like i told you i was gonna forget about it i just made fun of him it's fine well okay. that's it another part wait i have more that i hate <laughs> so when they're on the roof on their date or interview i don't know when she's like, okay, I'm a little cold, and he snaps his fingers and starts the flame. Oh my gosh. Candle? Right? I, that part, I wanted to vomit. That made me laugh out loud. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? Okay, thank I, you, sir. Now a little spot on my chest is a little bit warmer. Fixed everything. Oh, I you think can't it just... was like more that it turned her on, but dear lord, that was a bad line and scene. That was bad. That whole interview was pretty painful, actually. Oh, bad. So, and the whole mask I, thing, holding the mask forever. Come on, grow a pair. I, did, I didn't completely hate that part because he was trying, and I kind of laughed a little when he turned when she turned around and it was back on. When you look at the rest of the episode, there's there's got to be some parts that aren't complete garbage in your eyes, right? Less garbage parts. So I think what was happening in those scenes was how to make it comic book and still like a kind of believable scene. Because I don't know, like I just assumed that uh, Grant, when he's not a nanny or saving someone, he's just reading comic books. Like he doesn't look like he has any other life. <laughs> he literally at the very beginning, like comes out of his room and like for comic books like fall out because he like flies into the room yeah so, so as as an adult he's still reading comic books yeah so i and that whole oh my god yeah going back to the girl that whole conversation of just like defending grant and then immediately has to go off and stare off the edge of the building and it's like what do i do oh my god do i love grant do i hate grant i'm defending him and just like did i don't know she wasn't even professional at that point Oh, rotate no, perfectly to see his face. Cover my face at the table. I can't see him with his mask off. I wish yeah. it would have been more scenes of the specific, like him going back and forth. Because I think that could have been fun. But it was just yeah. like a presumed, like, oh, hey, you can get back and forth or whatever he says quicker than parents can walk down the hallway. Got it. I think they could have played on that a little bit to actually show us. But they didn't. And I do want to be a little fair to that actor. Her name's Charity Wakefield. Um, she's got a 
good career. So, and it when she's like stole the the cleaning lady's outfit and is sneaking around and is with the doctor in that scene, I think she's really good. But when she's when it, the scenes with her and the ghost are just bad, and I it might not be her fault. That's fair. Those the scenes where she is with the doctor in the at whatever laboratory. What is that? The building. Yeah. Floor one hundred. And even that when talking, yeah, when interrogating the doctor, like that scene sucks because of that squeaky Mister uh, Huffle. Yeah. Which I think again is like a comic book thing of just like she. There's no other way to do it. Right. So. It's, yeah. It's like the uh, the hero in a comic book acquiescing to the villain because they're torturing someone there's got to be another way yeah. there's got to be something that's not mr huffle and you know what just make her british why is... lots of british people live in new york people from all over <laughs> the world live there it's the whole fucking point of the place as my last note i was just happy to see nardal do his uh speech at the end about the doctor and how he's going to be yeah, sad yeah. for a long time but he's going to be okay because i'm going to help him and so that was kind of cool to see someone else kind of being that for the doctor. Yeah, and that is always like in a, or it's in a lot of YouTube compilations. As is I always get mad when YouTube compilations do this because there's a line where the doctor says like things end and that's okay and then he like walks away, but then he comes back. And everyone puts that part in the compilations but the best part is when he comes back and he says things end and it's always sad but things start new again and that's always happy be happy and this whole fucking episode is just to be like okay all this shit went down the doctor lost clara and river and now we've had a year off we're restarting the show go yeah and you will see the next episode is kind of intended to be a new jumping on point for new viewers. Isn't it most of the time with an opener? Actually, I'm glad you bring that up, Sam, because I just listened to this week's Neither the Time Nor the Space podcast. And they just did Deep Breath, which is Capaldi's first episode. And... Uh, Matt on there said, oh, I just listened to the Married to Who podcast, and they brought up the point, like, can you imagine if this is somebody's first episode? Oh. It's full of references. There's four characters in it that you have no idea who they are, and the Doctor's in bed the whole fucking time, or, you know, for a chunk of it, and has no idea who he is. So, no, that is not always the point, and we have made that very point before. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Speaking of neither the time nor the space, I just listened to their episode on uh, Satan Pit, and at the end, okay, they both liked it, which it's one of my favorite episodes, so I'm really glad they liked it. But at the end, he goes, "I hope you like the next episode as much as you like this one." Do you guys remember what the next episode is? It's Love and Love Monsters. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I audibly laughed because i know it's not gonna happen oh if i remember correctly matt really hates love and monsters and david like kind of tries to be like well this part was good and this part was good and matt ha ha wants no part of it i can't wait to listen to it it's gonna be great 
I'd be interested. Like, I remember for us saying that, like, or trying to convince you guys that, like, two thirds of it is good. But uh, I don't think any of you are having it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. I, yeah. Not Cody, a did you see uh, Matt's tweet about Into the Dark, or about uh, Robot of Sherwood? No, I haven't seen any tweet. I, I tried adding you on it, but uh, he just goes, just watch Robot of Sherwood, listen to Married to Who podcast, uh, kind of nervous that they would like it. And the first thing I hear is Cody go, this was shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm here to serve. <laughs> I've been too nice lately, though. I'll, I'll step it back. Thank you. Losing uh, your edge. It's, it's, I mean, objectively, I the, the episodes have gotten better. I mean, that's true. They've know. gotten way better. The Capaldi era doesn't have a lot of duds. Few a few more things I want to talk about before we move on. One is Nardal in general. Yeah, is he supposed to be the new companion? I think uh, we're supposed to think that, but no. Well, they he talked about it a little bit in the episode. He said, "You took me out of whatever because Hydroflex. you didn't want to didn't want to be lonely or something." I verbatim. I mean, and it's like really, you took that one. Instead of the cute guy, like, god damn it! <laughs> They'd have to pay more money to have the cute guy on the screen. <laughs> what if he just brought Hydroflax and it just had his head in a bag, and that was his companion? Oh god! <laughs> just the head of Greg Davies. <laughs> I will destroy you. Do you just have to pay a percentage then? <laughs> so essentially, what happened is kind of the same thing that happened with uh, Catherine Tate is like Matt Lucas is already pretty famous. So bringing him on for a special was special kind of stunt casting. And then everyone just really liked him. Everyone on set and he liked them and they just had a really good time together. So they're like, Hey, you want to like come be on the show? And at the time in Doctor Who magazine and just Stephen Moffat kind of talking about it, because there is going to be a new companion next episode. Matt Lucas's character was just is kind of like like what we see in this, which is something I want to talk about. Like I love his scenes in this because he's constantly just walking into the scene from off camera, saying something funny and then just walking off. <laughs> and in like apart from that, you had no idea he was even there. Like he he's just like just walks across the scene and is great and like that's kind of what they were intimating he was going to be like he's not going to be in every episode he's just kind of lives on the TARDIS and it's kind of like the doctor's uh he's like handles or something like that oh yeah I remember handles oh the Cybermen that's yeah that's what they were saying going into the season I'm not going to tell you kind of exactly how it all goes with Matt Lucas but that's that's what the internet chatter was about his character coming back. Okay. So he's kind of like the comic relief of this episode, if you will. Oh, for sure. Yeah, but then he gets the big like emotional line at the end, which is, you know, what you want out of a character like that. Right. But definitely like with his random like costume from where was it? Istanbul. It's just like, I feel like the costume designer was like, uh, I don't know what to put you in. 
but I found this. They put you in this. Well, just because we got someone called Dan responding to a tweet from this emo trash, I have the line, and it's, where did you get that outfit? Mesopotamia in the 4th century. I ruled wisely, but firmly. <laughs> so in that scene, the doctor pulls the lever and he slowly puts it back. While looking right. at him. Yeah, yeah. So good. he was flying the TARDIS better than the doctor. That was hilarious. Well, he does say like he got there through trial and error. Like it wasn't his first try. And so he's just like <laughs> things. He's had a rough go of it. So now he's just like, I got it. And I just need you to leave me alone right now. <laughs> like I can do this. <laughs> You're right. Those two in the scenes are the best parts of this episode. They truly are. Also triple deadlocked. That'll hold them for 10 minutes. That was pretty good. That made me laugh too. <laughs> that made me roll my eyes. Here. Well, because we always make fun of the deadlock, especially Cody does. And just for him to be like, it's triple deadlocked. <laughs> yeah. It means fucking nothing. <laughs> the doctor was just basically talking to me. <laughs> All right, before we move on to our segments, how do you guys feel about Nardal being back for this and being on for a little while? That's fun. It's so different. Well, and none of you guys really have any baggage with uh, Matt Lucas, other than maybe you now, Terry, since he's the new host on British Bake Off. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I have heard some complaints because uh, when they had the lady who does QI, I can't remember her name right off the top of my head, when it was her and Noel Fielding, like she's the the more serious one and he's the jokey one. And they replaced her with Matt Lucas. Now there's just two jokey ones. And yeah, some people, it, I've heard people say that they don't like that dynamic. Well, definitely. Because like with comedy, you need to have a straight man to bounce off whatever you're playing. So with two non, (laughs) it makes it really difficult to make it work. And I I think I heard this from the Neither the Time Nor the Space podcast. I don't know where else I would have heard it from. We got, so I kind of let slip on purpose that we've got a new companion coming. What uh, what are you guys hoping for, looking for? What kind of new companion do you want? (laughs) Canine. Ooh, canine. has his own show. With yeah. one whole episode. Doctor Who? <laughs> right now. Next season. Season 10. Canine. Season of the Canine and Face of Bow. Oh, that would have been best for season 9. <laughs> we missed it. Bummer. I think Nardle. Is that his name? Well, Nardole. much like Clara, Peter Capaldi is incapable of pronouncing this first name the same way twice. <laughs> <laughs> I think. So, have you guys seen Toy Story 4? No. Maybe. Okay. There's a character named Forky. Oh, God. We, we know. <laughs> okay. I just want the companion to be Forky. Like, the no. doctor has to constantly <laughs> save this idiot. So, you, you want a bumbling idiot companion that the doctor's constantly having to save? I mean, we already had Rose. <laughs> and Donna. And I want you more. to say that, and that is not true. <laughs> I do like the idea of Nardle, though, and his, like, he seems like a like a sounding board pretty level-headed doesn't get overly or underly excited well seems like it'll be an... not human yeah yeah um and, also not attractive and the doctor's not <laughs> going to be attracted to him yeah how I do like dare that. you 
Well, maybe you will. But also, I don't like, know. From, from a place or a time where, like, space travel exists, he's interacted with alien species before, so it's not all new stuff for him. And he might have some insider tips. What do you, what do you want from a companion for the next season? Chill. Uh, I don't know. Like, in a response to, like, Amy and Clara, what do you want that's different from them? More lighthearted, if that makes sense, and less less attached to the Doctor. Oh. And more doing, like, scientific-y, finding the reason for things. I'd be down for that. So like an Osgood? I was thinking Martha. Yeah. Oh, Osgood got a shout out in this episode. Yeah, yeah, she did. I really thought they were going to bring her in. Like, why not? How much money could she cost? Which one? <laughs> Seriously, though, like a change of pace where probably the doctor's not going to be attracted to this person or this companion and vice versa. Like, not that Clara and the doctor had like a huge romantic thing, but they must have. And maybe in not some way. maybe not even like they're attracted to the doctor, but just no relationship in Team TARDIS. Agreed. Like it's they're all just they're they're just buds. The doctor and the companion. Yeah, I like that. That'd be cool. We wanna go get yeah. beers together. Yeah. Right. I think I think that's how the doctor and Amy were. Like but was that too intimate? Like they were legit best friends. And then maybe the Doctor and Clara went even a step farther than that. But with so Amy, are you saying that you just want them to be like coworkers? <laughs> like yes, like they they like each other, but uh, at the end of the day, they you know wave as they drive away. Yes, like it's a job; they're going to get it done, and then they are fine being separate. But I, I would also say with Amy, it was her and Rory, so there was like a romance aspect to the team. Well, yeah, you yeah, to get well, the. You got to get the tweens to watch. Yeah, I know. As she tried to mack on the doctor on her wedding day. That was one time. Yeah, it was like first episode and then never <laughs> and again. And everyone regrets it and we're never going to talk about it again. <laughs> I will always talk about it. Okay. So around this time, they released like a little introduction to the new companion, a little two minute uh, YouTube video, which we can watch right now. That seems like a... What? Hold on. Okay. Let me get the watch together link, and then we can actually watch it while it's recording it. Do that. This seems... Okay. This seems... Uh, this seems... I don't know about this, Jake. So they shot an introduction scene that's not part of an episode just to introduce the new companion. Because at this point, we had been a year without an episode. And imagine my frustration when this is the one we got. <laughs> And we're still three and a half months away from the new season starting. We all good? Mm-hmm. All right. Yes. What's that thing? A Dalek. A what? A Dalek. What's a Dalek? Never mind. It's a Dalek. Well, that's not explaining. That's just saying a word. What's a Dalek? 
It's an alien war machine. Deadliest alien war machine ever devised. Fat though. Sorry. <laughs> we never get through that door. It's too wide. It's a tank. A tank driven by super evolved mutant. Programmed to wipe out all other life forms. Please keep your voice down. It's got a sucker on it. It's also got a gun. It's got a gun and a sucker. Why? This is Forky! The bat with no gun and two suckers. I don't know. I've never asked because I've always been too busy running away. No, please. One more question. Oh, you do surprise me. Why do they keep saying exterminate? Because they want to kill us. Wouldn't it be quicker to just say kill? Do we really want them to save time? Good point. Oh no. We need to get back. Back where? To the future. 2017 needs us. Bill. Bill, 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 Bill. Bill Nye, the Doctor Who girl. <laughs> <laughs> I like I was it. really hoping it was going to be a male companion. Me too. <laughs> I was hoping it would be a dog robot. What do you guys think? I don't know. I'm not sold. But those I... Daleks looked choice. It... It is Forky, though. <laughs> it, it is pretty Forky right now. She's which pretty I'm Forky. I'm changing my mind on the whole Forky thing. This when, is you. This was all no, your fault. You wanted this. You get it. <laughs> when you stated that it was a good place for people to restart or to jump in, I can see how that's going to happen because literally oh, everything yeah. is a question. More to, or to that point about this being a jumping off point, the title of the next episode is The Pilot. Uh-huh. As in but the pilot episode of a TV show. And also... Someone who drives a aircraft. Boo, boo. Before you even finish that Words joke, boo. Words can mean more than one thing. Alex, <laughs> give me that Twitter theme song. Tweet, 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 Uh-huh. That was new. <laughs> Ode Ollie at Ode underscore Ollie says this could very easily have gone wrong and have been a really bad spot in an excellent run of episodes but while it's not the best of who there's still some really wonderful stuff in it for an episode that seems at first to be a comedy episode that's sending up superheroes it's got such a surprisingly touching ending and shows that even 12 can't help but be affected by love and the loss of it the idea that someone was given the chance to have any wish granted and they chose to help people is such a who idea. And I think this story really illustrates that the actual superhero storyline is very generic, almost deliberately. So, but the scenes with the doctor are really great, especially showing his melancholy and how he's dealing with the loss of it says Rover. I think he means Rover, <laughs> but I would love it if it was Rover. They had a pet dog in the 24 years. 
dealing with the loss of river, cutting Nardal out of Hydroflax to avoid loneliness, and trying to fix the angel's paradoxes at the start. The sheer abundance of references to comics and superhero movies is brilliant, and the nerd in me really likes them and how the episode plays out them so well. Nardal doesn't get a lot to do in this one, even if he's got a bigger presence this time as opposed to last Christmas. He's mainly the comic relief, but when the focus is on him being the foil to the Doctor, he gets some really powerful lines, especially the Doctor's saving planets instead of having a serious conversation. Uh, This is very generic, if very rompy, special, and it's not one I'm always eager to rewatch, but it's still so good. Uh, There's so much better still to come, and I'm very excited for that and for you all to see it. My only problem with that is the part where... He states that the kid wished to help people. I think he just wanted to be a superhero. I still think that's selfish, as, which is normal as a kid to be selfish. Well, I think fair. it's I think it's part of the doctor's explanation of what that gemstone is. Like the gemstone, it's just of, like of love and wishes is what the right. Like it's it's got an AI in it that just makes whatever you need happen and for this person for what he needs to be things that make him a superhero instead of you know any like he could not be poor and living in this lady's tiny bedroom or whatever (laughs) their actual situation is but instead uh, what is their situation what it's so i don't know like maybe he stays there but he's got an apartment also this kid is like two months old and he's already moved in and like what kind of crappy dad was this kid's dad i don't know that lady was uh <laughs> oh no <laughs> chris at this emo trash says uh this is doctor who at its most batshit crazy and i'm so here for it firstly the villains should have been slithine oh uh, yeah I- <laughs> just just if you're going that's what we were saying like if you're gonna go like goofy rompy parody just fucking go and don't like half-ass it uh chris goes on i love that this is non-stop romping comedy and yet they still find time to have a few touching emotional moments i love nardal and i'm glad they brought him on as a full-time companion even if he doesn't get to do much here i'm not generally a fan of matt lucas but in doctor who and now bake off i think he's absolutely brilliant The superhero concept is so Doctor Who that I'm surprised they never went in that direction before. Even if some bits, even if some bits are very generic, New York based, basic superhero powers, etc., they seem to fit with the story that this is what Grant wanted from reading his comics. I'm surprised at how reserved Moffat was on the X-ray Vision stuff, since he's definitely the type of writer to make a big thing of it. Like the fact that he put it in at all is like the most Moffat of Moffat stuff. Like, oh, he's a teenager. Let's give him boners. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and then at the end, hey, he's a boy. Let's give him boners. <laughs> uh, but what was written instead really worked and made for some hilarious moments. I could go on about the comedy, but I think it's obvious that this is one of the funniest episodes there's ever been. I like the subtle references to River they make throughout, like the 24 years part. It makes for a nice break before going back to the insanity of what's happening. This is exactly the kind of episode you need on Christmas Day when you're full of turkey and wine drunk. The last thing you it's like he was at our house. Yeah. <laughs> when you're full of turkey and wine drunk, the last thing you want is intelligent sci-fi where you have to think. A stupid but fun romp is just perfect. 
besides the beginning, it isn't even set at Christmas, which is fairly unique for a Christmas special. I have absolutely nothing bad to say about this, and it sets the tone perfectly for Series 10. You know, on these last two tweets, as you're reading them, I was thinking, like, maybe we watch this in not the mind frame of Christmas season, and maybe that's why we're kind of negative on it. Like, we just want Doctor Who, but if we're on Christmas Day doing all of that and then watching this, you know, maybe we'll be a little more receptive. I don't know. Like, if you're surrounded by a bunch of family in a room watching just this funny show and you've never watched Doctor Who before, this is kind of right where it's at. But also, like, if you look at, like, Moffat had been training us as fans, and I know you guys are experiencing it differently, whereas, like, the RTD eras, the Christmas special wasn't super important, other than one was David Tennant's first episode, but he's barely in it, and one is part one of David Tennant's last episode, but that was a year of special, so that's a little different. But Moffat had been training us for the Christmas specials, apart from one, to be important to the story. So, like, we had the last two were Matt Smith regenerating and the Husbands of Forever song. And so we expect the Christmas specials to be part of the story. And at this point, we hadn't had an episode in a year and we're still four months away from the next one. So it just kind of felt deflating in the fact that we were just starved for content. And that's kind of why they put out that two minute clip introducing Bill is because they know like we need to put some shit out there. Why did they take a year off? Well, they wanted to go back to the spring so it had like which is when like uh the Eccleston era was and parts of the tenant era and they had been moving it around in the schedule and they had thought that putting in the fall when it was dark out when it started would be better for like the spoopy episodes for the kids but ratings were going down and so they're just kind of throwing stuff at the wall and so we had a season that really just ran up into the last christmas special and so they wanted to try putting it back at the spring. So you couldn't have a season already, you know, four months later. So they just spent, took a year off, which essentially just means they moved the season, you know, five months up or something like that. Hmm. Interesting. Did it help? No. Oh. The Capaldi oh, era. No. Well, TV was changing during this time. This is the time of DVRs and people watching things on iPlayer or people just watching things on the internet in general. Like TV viewing was changing and people were freaking out. So you can see through the Moffat era, particularly through the Capaldi era, just viewing numbers going down. But like global impact going up. So like when they travel the world going to all these conventions in korea and brazil and mexico like huge numbers of people showing up in cosplay and all this crazy stuff but just numbers are down so a company like the bbc you know doesn't really know what to do with that until you do which just takes time alex give me that fun facts theme song Fun, fun facts, fun, fun facts. Jake's gonna hit us with them fun facts. Okay, 
I don't have any fun facts, but I do like to Jake's look at hit. all of the actors <laughs> and see if they've ever been in Doctor Who before or if they've ever been in Game of Thrones, Star Wars, or Harry Potter, or anything else I want to talk about, including Sandra Tellis, who was reporter in this one. She was also in the video game MAG, like all capital M-A-G, as reporter. And she was in the Black Mirror movie Bandersnatch as reporter. Oh my Ooh. god, so, man. that movie is so bad. <laughs> Something about this lady makes her get these roles as reporter. Is it is we're not talking about like the main love interest lady, are we? No, she wasn't a reporter. She's a journalist. Oh reporters are on television. Okay, okay. They report the news verbally to your face. Give it to my face. <laughs> Burn Calico, one of my favorite people, is those uh, uncredited background actors who maintain their own IMDb page. He has 162 acting credits on IMDb in the last 10 years. My man. All uncredited roles. In this, he was an office worker. And in a couple episodes, he's going to be a soldier. I count, I, I spent so much time looking at his IMDb today. He's <laughs> been a police officer 28 times including in Morbius coming out soon, Hellboy, Thor the Dark World. He's been a stormtrooper in three different Star Wars movies. He's in The Batman, which is filming right now, probably as a police officer, I don't know. <laughs> He's been in Aladdin, Dumbo, Mary, Poppin, Mary Poppins Returns, Justice League, Wonder Woman, basically anything that films in London. Hey, he's getting work. Good on him. Yeah. And creating a meticulous IMDb page about himself. That's wonderful. I love it. <laughs> also, your, your biggest asset is yourself. You got to sell it. Okay. Alex, give me the MVP theme song. MVP, MVP, we got our MVPs. Alex, who's your MVP? Um, Matt Lucas. Jill. None of them. <laughs> Ooh, um, I guess a good fail safe's Peter Capaldi because he never does anything bad. Like he wasn't, it wasn't a standout episode for him, but I think he's still the best one on the screen. So I'll go with I Peter agree. Capaldi. He's mine too. Sam. Yeah, Peter Capaldi. Cody. It's the German guy. <laughs> All of his acting was phenomenal. And just like the tiny little ticks he had and the way he was cleaning up the blue goo, it was, it was just really good. Oh, yeah, the blue goo. He is... It's Dr. Sim, but the yeah. actor is Alexander Jovanovich. Terry? I am going to give it to uh, Costumes uh, for their... Um, if kind you of say the... her red dress, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> Actually, it just made me think of the line, too, of like, do you have a girlfriend? Do you have a boyfriend? It's like, why do you say that? It's like, well, you do fly around in a rubber suit with a giant G on your chest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, costume designer is Haley Nebauer, N-E-B-A-U-E-R. You know, we, also, we missed not... one very terrible line. 
another very terrible line. There were many very terrible lines. Um, when they're on the roof and she says, what do you want here? And he says, same thing you do, his body. I rolled my eyes <laughs> so hard. I was, was done. Wrong? I was done with that episode at that point. <laughs> I, I would have, but my eyes were already closed. <laughs> it is now time for everybody's favorite game. The Doctor Who Trivial Pursuit slash Doug Beds and Movie Game game, where I will ask each of these five jerks a question from the Doctor Who Trivial Pursuit. They will each get a chance to go first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. The questions are random. They could be really easy or really hard. If the first person gets it wrong, the second person gets four multiple choice. If they get it wrong, the next person gets to choose from the remaining choices and so on. The order is going to be Cody, Terry, Alex, Jill, Sam. I'm number one. First to give their point to Alex. (laughs) What? Just completely skip Terry. I mean, Terry does that to Terry. No, <laughs> I'm going to do well. Kidding. I just get it. You won last week or two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Two weeks. Oh, man. This entire card has impossible questions. I'm just throwing it. It's the impossible card. Like, what is the yellow member of the new no, Dalek same. paradigm no. called? The Eternal? Fuck you. And one was when, when Don and her um, family. The iPod Dalek? <laughs> One was when Don and her family go to Leeds. What was their house number? Yeah, that's a pretty insane question. But what's the answer? Uh, 29. All right. Cody? Yes. Your question is, what is Jackson Lake's profession before he begins to think he's the doctor? I know the episode. I don't know the answer. I'm going to go Carpenter. He does carry a screwdriver. Right? That's a good guess. I like it. Terry. Yes. Your multiple choice are teacher, doctor, lawyer, clerk. Shoot. I had an idea. I'm going to throw it out as lawyer. That is not correct. Alex, it is now to you. I'm going to go teacher. Yeah, that's right. Man, doctor would make so much sense. But yeah, it was teacher. Dang it. Yeah. Teacher of what? Am I really after Alex again? Yeah. For my birthday, you couldn't cheat the order a little bit? I was surprised that uh, I was surprised that Alex didn't do a happy birthday song when you I know. Sang. I even oh, gave him a warning. Sad. Happy birthday, Jill. Thanks. <laughs> Happy birthday. I gave Alex a two-hour warning to get a Doctor Who song with a birthday, and nothing. I was really expecting it, and then what nothing happened. What an asshole. This is so uncomfortable right now. I, the, okay. Then I thought we were saving it for the end, and then... Uh, you know what? Just because I, like I don't want to burden other people with things that aren't, you know... like if, if I like that Jill called about on the podcast, so that's the best. This is all staying in. If people... <laughs> fucking man, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Out of spite, I'm not. I'm still not doing it. <laughs> Why didn't you do it the first time? Because you're a dick. No, because people didn't say anything, so then I wasn't going to bring it up. I wasn't going to be that guy be like, hey, it's it's a birthday. And then I was like, oh, yeah. Hey. 
like I'm you're supposed to put it into the song like with the christmas episodes i you should put in a really? christmas song with the opening song which we've talked about in my opener i really wanted to say i'm sorry that you had to spend your birthday watching this episode <laughs> i watched it yesterday good thing oh, okay that makes it better yeah today was dope we went out to eat then got blizzards didn't get a Doctor Who birthday song. Then drank a lot, and I'm going to continue to drink a lot. <laughs> Terry. Yes. What part of her name does the Brigadier's daughter drop to avoid accusations of favoritism? I am going to say she drops the uh, that she's the third of the generation. She drops the third. This is Jake looking up potential other answers. Yeah, I this question is weird. It's real weird. Like, I don't understand yeah, it. Yeah, I think I get where it's going. I, I, I feel like I know the answer, and I also feel like I have um, foreknowledge. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alex has watched Classic Who, so he's actually seen episodes with the Brigadier in them. But it is not Alex's turn. It's Alex's turn. <laughs> So, Alex, your multiple choice are Alistair, Gordon, Lethbridge, Stewart. Lethbridge. Yeah. So his last name is hyphenated as Lethbridge Stewart. She goes by Kate Stewart to avoid uh, accusations Mm. of blah, 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 blah. Favoritism because of a name? (laughs) Like, that's not favoritism. That's like, this is princess, blah, blah, blah. That's favoritism. Well, that's basically the same thing. Like, the way that she would have received it. Like, if she's in the military in unit and she says, yeah, I'm Kate Lethbridge-Stewart, people are like, oh, shit, and pretty much treat her like royalty. Right. You're like the top-tier person's kid. Well, the question made it sound like favoritism from the brigadier, like her own dad. Anyway, yeah, he, he's not on the show. He died. Oh, okay. Good to know. <laughs> uh, Alex, you're up to nothing, and it is your turn for a question. And that question is, how many surgical operations has the lady Cassandra O'Brien had to extend her life? Four million. I don't know. That's a hard question. I, it's going to be a very exact number, too. That sucks. You're right about that. <laughs> Jill, your multiple choice question or options are 543, 439, 1087, 708. 708. That's correct. Yes. Nice. nice. How'd you get that? She's got a little Terry knowledge. It's just that I knew it verbatim. <laughs> it's her favorite episode. Uh, Is Jill, that from... The second episode is that from End of the World? Do they say that in that one? Yeah. Jill, you have one. Alex, you have two. Jill, it is your turn. On Messalin, the war between the Hath and humans was said to have gone on for generations. But when the Doctor discovered the truth, how long had it actually been since the war started? Fifty-six years. No, wait, that's generations. That's fine. Fifty-six years. Sam. Can you repeat the question? On Messalin, the war between the Hath and humans was said to have gone on for generations. But when the doctor discovered the truth, how long had it actually been since the war started? 
Give me that multiple choice. Your multiple choice are one day, one week, one month, one year. One week. That's correct. God dang. That's what I was kind of thinking, because I remember it being really weird. Anyway, thanks for that multiple choice. Sam, it is now your turn to go first and attempt to tie Alex. What vehicle does Jackson Lake have that he calls his TARDIS? A hot air balloon. That's correct. Well yes. done. Like an easy we have question. a tie. <laughs> I got the leg on my side. Uh, he could post it in Discord. And then we have to type then... fast? <laughs> no, then we like talk. Oh, I see. Okay, so for people listening... In order to solve for the fact that Alex being the one recording us hears the question much earlier than Sam does, I have typed out the question in Discord and I'm about to hit enter so that they can read it and just yell out answers. So you, the listener, aren't going to hear the question. You're just going to hear these two assholes yelling <laughs> answers. I'm glad, you guys ready? I'm glad we do this on a on an audio platform. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe the audience can guess what the question was. That's <laughs> like Jeopardy. All right. Are you said assholes ready? Yeah, I'm real yes. slow at reading. 2003. Oh, uh, Just two, yell out answers. 2002, uh, 1983, Okay. Because Alex is definitely the closest. Because Sam went from 1980 to 1978, and then at some point Alex said 1979, and it's 1979. Okay. Also, Alex said 1999 instead of 89. I was like, if it's 89, yeah, I yeah, I definitely did jump her. Sam started in the 2000s when Fred Mercury died in 1988. I panicked. And I started with like what year I thought the episode was. <laughs> okay, dear listener, the question was the doctor dances to crazy little thing called Love by Queen at Amy and Rory's wedding. What year did it reach the top five in the UK charts? And the madness you just heard was these morons' response to that. <laughs> just naming every year that's ever happened. Hey, I started in the 80s, like the early <laughs> 80s. I was close. Yeah, but then you went up. Yeah, well, because I didn't think it was, like, late 70s. I don't know. But also, like, once you finish the 80s, and same with Sam, you guys just froze. <laughs> like, yeah. clearly, there's no more years. Well, I, <laughs> All I, the years have ended. I also, what do we do now? I just assumed that Alex got it right already. I also assumed I was Jake wasn't listening. Same. <laughs> All right, Alex, give me that paper crumpling theme song. 
This has been Mary to Who's episode on the return of Dr. Mysterio. If you'd like to participate with us in our social medias, you can do so on Twitter at Mary to Who Pod, on Instagram Mary to Who. You can email us, Mary to Who at gmail.com. If you want to listen to this podcast in any other way than you are at the moment, you can do so on our website, Mary to Who.com, on Spotify, Google Play, or Apple Podcasts. On behalf of myself, Jake, Cody, Sam, Jill, Alex, and producer Terry, thank you so much for listening. Please join us next week for The Pilot. Go wish Jill a happy birthday! Happy birthday, Jill! Happy birthday! Happy birthday to Come on, everybody, join to Everyone's audio Happy birthday, Happy birthday to it's like the Beautiful death march animation. version. <laughs> oh, no. Why is it so slow? Am I dying? Uh, you guys missed it. You guys missed oh, it because I, I had to. I was changing the button, uh, but Jill's Jill. like, it sounds like the death march version. <laughs> oh, God. Jill, Jill has just been tortured for her birthday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>